and um, never had any intention to be a part of pushing any walls here. Um, and, and so God has like done a, a whole lot of different things along the way, but so much of this has, has come to pass. And one of the questions we ask as a leadership all the time is like, what are these walls? What are these things? And we don't always have like a whole lot of clarity, but some of the things that we feel like we have pushed through, um, one of the first, I think, was around our, our independence and our individuality and becoming a part of the Anglican diocese. I think, um, was a wall. I think another one of those is um, growth used to be like a dirty word and blueprint, the idea that more people would ever want to join this community. Um, and, um, you know, and it was like we were cool because we were small. And I remember just after Anna and I started leading here that, that we just named it from the front that we were about to grow. And I remember Joel Robertson had just joined Blueprint at that point. And the first week he was there, there were like 30 people and then within like, I think about six or seven weeks, there were like 80 people. It just all of a sudden exploded. And, um, and I remember Joel saying, you know, when Arias started, there were only 12 people and I just feel like I'm in on the ground level. Like, <laughs> we're like, oh, bro, it's not quite going that big. But, um, um, and so um, I feel like possibly that this could be tonight one of our wall conversations that this could be a hot wall. It's interesting, I wrote that down and I didn't mention it to anyone and then after we prayed before, Rose turned to me and goes, do you think this is one of the walls? Um, so um, I think this could be like quite full on and quite hard and we're going to take just all the time we need for it and if we have to trim up worship or whatever, we'll just do that. Um, <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and so what this is about is it's about us all coming together to acknowledge where we have placed things ahead of God as a community over our kind of 13 years as a community. And it's about us coming into repentance around those things. So I had a few examples of where people repent together in the scriptures, but I'm not going to use those. Um, But um, how are we going to do this is I'm going to bring a specific word that I feel God is sharing. um, Or share a little of where we've come from. Share a specific word I feel God is saying to us about what we need to leave from. And then I'm going to invite us to get into small groups of five or six. And for five or ten minutes, depending on how this goes... We're actually, I'm going to give you some prayer points and, and we are going to, we're going to pray prayers of repentance and we're going to ask God um, to take this mini altar out the way of the main altar. Is that cool? Um, and so, um, yes. Yes. And we'll do that three times. So, heck, here we go, guys. Um, where's that clicker? There it is. So Blueprint was formed as an emergent church in response to us feeling like the church had lost the plot. Um, An emergent church was basically this movement that happened about 12 or 13 years ago with a bunch of people like Brian McLaren and Rob Bell that we said that the church has lost cultural fluency. It doesn't know how to talk to to its culture anymore. It doesn't know how to communicate its gospel anymore. And so at the foundation of who Blueprint is, we were kind of founded in rebellion and revolt. Um, like against the status quo. And, uh, and with a lot of idols, I think, the case is that often it is the slight twisting or the slight distortion of something good and holy. I think Blueprint has a call to be a prophetic voice to sometimes say the things that others would not say. Oh, whoops. It's moved on already. Um, that um, has, um, has a role to be a prophetic voice um, but I think in times we became defined by what we were not. Um, and so um, what that looks like is for a while we were called the Dirty Church by quite a few churches in Wellington and we relished that phrase. Like We just loved 
being the dirty church. Um, and, um, and so we, yeah, we have found it out of this kind of rebellion and revolt. And what we were really looking for is we were looking for like other names to call ourselves, um, other ways to express our faith that would allow us to not have to identify with everyone else who expressed faith. Um, and so this is at the foundation of who we are, is this thing of rebellion and revolt. Um, and, and, and so I, I, I was praying the other night, and, and this is what I felt God speak to us about this. There has been a rejection of the name and identity of Christian and a desire to be known by another name. It is as if you would not take my family name and so you have grieved my heart. You would not take my name because of what your brothers and sisters did, but in rejecting them, you also rejected my place as your father. Take my name on again. I'll read that again. There has been a rejection... There has been a rejection of the name and identity of Christian, a desire to be known by another name. It is as if you would not take my family name, and so you have grieved my heart. You would not take my name because of what your brothers and sisters did, but in rejecting them, you also rejected my place as your father. Take my name on again. So the key points from that. Blueprint was birthed in reaction to what we felt our brothers and sisters in the church had done wrong. That's, that was, that's, that's, our, that's part of our, our story. And because we didn't want to be associated to their actions, we, don't, we disassociated it from any idea of being Christian or being a part of the whole. And in our attempt to reject the name of our brothers and sisters, we actually rejected some of the identity that God had for us. And so I think God is asking us tonight to find our identity again completely in him and not in other things, not by what we were against. Practically... How this looks is I think we've looked for other names ahead of being Christ's people um, and ways that make the gospel less costly to us. Um, so if we can see ourselves as the authentic Christians or the inclusive Christians, then it makes us feel a little bit better. But in all of that, we put something ahead of our identity in Christ. Um, and I think, I think this, is, this is big. But God is saying, take your identity first and foremost out of your identity as adopted sons and daughters. And so um, I'm going to read a scripture here from... So this is from Romans 8, uh, 15 to 17. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father... For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. We are children of God. That is our fundamental identity before anything. Before anything else, before inclusive Christians, before authentic Christians, before cool Christians, before current Christians, before... Anglican Christians, we are the children of God. And we need to begin to own that again. And so what we're going to do, I'd like, in a moment, we're going to break into kind of fives and sixes. And here are some prayer points, I think, that we could pray through over that time. We'll be to ask that God would remove the idol of the other names we have put before his. 
to ask for forgiveness where we have grieved his heart by rejecting his adoption and his place as our father. To ask that God would change our hearts, that we would know ourselves as his children above our else, and ask God that we would cease to be defined by our difference from other believers, but by our holiness in him. And so if you're like, if you're, if you get together in crews and you're like, I don't know where to begin with this, you might absolutely know. That's where you can point to. What we'll do is we're going to pray for five or ten minutes. It's going to get a sense each time of how long we need for this. Um, and then um, at the end of those, we, there is a liturgy we'll read for each of these points. Is that cool? Okay, so how about you yeah, turn into fives and sixes. Please do not start conversation here. Um, let's just, we don't have a lot of time, so let's get together. Let's just pray. Cool. As Jonathan was saying before, and um, something I was going to share at the beginning, I didn't, but um, yeah, that I think when we, we do this thing of repentance and we tear down these things, there is a blessing of healing that comes um, in that. Um, and so, um, although we're doing this as a corporate thing, I think how that may look for us individually later in the night may be very personal. Um, number two, how are we all doing? Okay? Yeah, cool. Because we were formed in reaction and revolt and rebellion, we threw out um, many of the key expressions of what it is to be church and, and the people of God along the way. And we, um, many of you would have heard this, but we used to have what we called a boomerang theology, where we would throw something out, and if it came back again, it must be God. So we threw out teaching for a while, and it came back. And we threw out worship for a while and had drunk buskers instead. And it came back. Um, but there are some things that actually never came back and, um, and that we never picked up again, but they were actually God things. Um, and uh, things like um, evangelism, <laughs> um, things like mission um, in places, things like understanding what salvation actually is. There were some things that, that never came back. And... Um, in places we have become so scared of doing some of these things badly that we don't do them at all. Um, and so um, the next thing I feel God saying for us. The wound you react to is a wound handed down to you. It is not your wound. If you function out of this wound, you will be in reaction to a different generation to the one I've called you to respond to. You cannot be a prototype while you are dressing and tending to your parents' or your grandparents' wounds. What time? The wound you react to is a wound handed down to you. It is not your wound. If you function out of this wound, you will be in reaction to a different generation to the one I've called you to respond to. You cannot be a prototype while you are dressing and tending to your parents' or your grandparents' wounds. So what I mean by that, uh, or what I think God means by that, is we have rejected some of the most basic practices of being God's people in places. We have rejected these because of the way they have been done by people before us. We are in backlash to things like the charismatic renewal, which none of us lived through. (laughs) Sorry, a couple of you. And our reaction to these things is because of a wound where the church did these things badly, but the wound was from a previous generation to our own. It was not our wound. It was not a thing that happened to us. We are called to be a prototype, to pioneer a new way of church, but we have been pioneering that way out of reaction to our parents' and our grandparents' wounds rather than our own experience of faith. So I think God is calling us to respond to our own calling for this moment, not out of, um, not out of frustration of what went before us. 
Um, and so, so many of us have so many attitudes about things like evangelism, about worship, about holiness, and they're all forged in another generation that we're reacting and responding against. I kind of liken it um, to you have, um, you know, in, in, uh, in Northern Ireland, you have generational hatred between Catholics and Protestants. But the generations now, some of them don't even know why the hatred is there because it wasn't their hatred. It didn't begin with them. And I feel like we have wounds and we have reactions to things that we have no lived experience of and that we often, because of our fear of where evangelism was done badly, therefore we do not evangelise. Because of our fear of puritanical notions of holiness, therefore we don't do holiness. Does that make sense? So we're living out of this wound which is, is, not, is not ours. And so I think our, um, our response and our repentance to this, we'll, we'll gather together to pray in a moment, is to ask that God would remove this idol of woundedness and unforgiveness. It's to ask for forgiveness where we have harboured bitterness towards others, to honour those who have gone before us, and, and perhaps even to name people in our lives, parents or family, who we want to honour, to forgive what has been done wrong, and to ask God to give us a conviction to tend to the wounds of our time rather than a past wound. So um, if, if you need guidance with your prayer, that's some. But if not, I'll give you another five or ten minutes now. Let's turn and, and pray into that thing. Third one. We were birthed out of the, um, the rock church in the Ranga Gorge um, in the belief that, um, that we could do things better. <laughs> And um, we kind of did everything we could to prove that we were not church. Um, cafe tables, we met on Thursday and Saturday nights, not Sunday mornings. Um, and, um, and, and in some ways there was some really good rethinking of how we re-engaged with culture and, and some good thinking going on there. Um, but there, there was also within that um, uh, a sense at times, and I'm sure you've picked this up around Blueprint, as a sense of superiority and arrogance to the wider church. Um, and we have many, many times cut down our brothers and sisters in our own pursuit to be unique and individual. Um, and um, can you go to the next slide, Paul? Next one. Um, I feel like this is what God is saying. I have poured my blessing out through my bride who is the church. But you have said that parts of my bride are not my bride. And so you have cut yourself off from her full blessing. Receive her fully, and you will be fully welcoming me. I have poured my blessing out through my bride who is the church, but you have said that parts of my bride are not my bride. And so you have cut yourself off from her full blessing. Receive her fully, and you will be fully welcoming me. Christ is present on the earth through his body, his church. This is how he blesses a broken world and its people. And in our desire to do it better, we have called parts of Jesus' body, not his body. And cutting off parts of the body, we have cut off ourselves from the blessing of God that was within those movements and those parts of the body to come to us. When we fully receive what our brothers and sisters in the church have to give, then we fully welcome Christ and his blessing into our midst. Practically, I think um, how this has looked for us sometimes is I think you'll probably really find a church who is more proud to be a part of what they are a part of, to be a blueprinter. Um, 
And there's a beautiful thing in that. There's also a sinister thing in that. And it's really easy to create a shared identity or a shared directional vision um, in a tribe. Like to create an exclusive tribe is a really easy way for us to move forward together. What's harder is to allow God to be our unity rather than our sense of tribe. And I feel that's where God is calling us. It's like not to prize our sense of tribe together or our sense of uniqueness, but to actually allow God to be our unity. Um, and, and this is like simply, you know, anyone who wants to build a movement or wants to build a tribe does it with these things of fear and does it with these things of who we stand against. Um, and, and you see that in, in politics. But that is not how we want to be. I think the third way of Jesus is that we do not come together around fear or opposition to something else. We come around the Spirit of God who brings us into unity together and we have to trust him to do it. And, um, and this is, as I said before, often look like a sense of superiority to others or talking down other movements. Um, scripture, many of you will probably know well, is from 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 13 through 28. It's a decent one. Um, some of us are Jews, some of us Gentiles, some are slaves and some free, but we have all been baptised into one body by the Spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yet there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as least honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honour and care are given those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. And that is what we are a part of. And what we have said many times that we are not a part of. And that I have said many times we are not a part of. And so our response to that, Paul, if you go to the next slide, is to ask that God would remove this idol of independence and arrogance. To ask for God's forgiveness where we have cut off parts of the body. To ask for God's spirit to give us grace for where we have been hurt and to work out forgiveness in our hearts. To bless those parts of his body we have cut off. And you may like to name like specific groups or churches or, or people in this. And to ask God to pour out his full blessing on us wherever that may come from in his church. So let's, let's gather together and, and pray on that. There are a couple of things um, coming out of this. Many, um, many of you may have had words along the way or things you feel like God is saying. 
And if you were to come to um, one of our leaders, Rose or I, or, or, or different people around them, and, and, and bring those words, we'd love to hear those too. But I think also what we're doing as well as repentance tonight is we like declaring truth to falsehood. Um, so let's not walk back into falsehood. And like we are declaring together as like whatever it is, 70 of us, that this is not who we want to be anymore. So we will have permission to say to the person next to us, when we start being the old church, that's not who we are anymore. And it's not personal. So we are, you know, we are saying this, this is not who we want to be anymore and who we do want to be um, as, as these, these new, these new, um, this new creation. Um, so I think um, there's a scripture some of you will be familiar with um, from 2 Chronicles where the temple has just been consecrated and, um, and God says to Solomon, he says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Um, And so I do think that God's healing power and his spirit is right with us now as we humble ourselves um, and, and we say where we got it wrong and we say that actually we want to be God's people. Um, and um, it's not a transaction, but I believe that God's spirit is here for healing and that there's an opportunity for us to really worship him and abandon um, for, um, for how great he is um, and for the fact that like when we come to him and we say, man, we got it wrong, it's just like, yeah, done. Through my son, done. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, and, and that's beautiful. Um, so why don't we stand a moment? You may need to jostle your chairs a little. I don't know. Um. And Lord, we give you thanks that you say, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. We draw near to you. We humble ourselves before you. We say that um, we are grateful for everything you have done in this community. And we know that all the good things that you have done are not, are not diminished by this God. But we also bring before you our mess, warts and all. And ask for you to heal it, to cleanse it and to take it away. To cut out the cancers that have um, robbed us of life. And Lord, we invite your full blessing now. We invite your full healing, Lord God. We invite the powerful movement of your spirit, God. Um, We invite you to move in a new way among us, God. And Lord, would you hold us fast and true to the conviction that you have put on us tonight? Would we feel empowered and courageous to challenge one another when we try to go back to our old ways? Um, And Lord, would we we know that um, there is a blessing and it is so much better to walk in your light and your truth? 